0: This morning's sermon, The Lord is My Shepherd, draws upon three scripture passages to pull together that theme. The Lord is my shepherd. Of all the familiar, important, beloved passages of scripture, there's probably no more well loved and more universally spoken one than Psalm 23. I was thinking about it this week, and and I I suppose John 3.16 could give Psalm 23 a run for its money, but in the Mount Rushmore of Bible verses, if Psalm 23 is George Washington and and Abraham Lincoln is uh, John 3.16, I, I don't know who Jefferson and Roosevelt would be. I would suggest one for Jefferson, but he would probably only want to take part of it, which is a joke for just a few of you. And I would pick Roosevelt, but I I thought maybe he would want a really long verse until I remembered that, that Franklin is the one on Mount Rushmore and Teddy is not. Another bad joke for history buffs right there. But the Lord is my shepherd is a significant, meaningful, powerful, illustrative metaphor from Scripture. When we say the Lord is our shepherd, we have a pretty good idea of what that means of what we want that to mean. It means, as Rob has said earlier, the shepherd will give all he has, even his life, for those he loves and cares for, just as Jesus, our good shepherd, has. It means that the shepherd's primary goal, action, interest, way of living is to help make sure the sheep grow and are strengthened and are nurtured and created to thrive. The shepherd makes sure that the sheep are protected and fed and are able to offer their gifts to those who they were created to offer their gifts for. And in just about every way, that is the same for you and for me. That is the same for us. The Lord is our shepherd. The God of the universe loves, cares, provides, and dreams for us all of the time and for all time. In Psalm 23, we read that for all time, the Lord has been our shepherd. In John 10, we read that Jesus promises to be our shepherd. And in Revelation 7, we will see that God, that God promises to be our shepherd. And so we turn to Scripture, first looking at Revelation 7, and then we'll look to the Gospel of John. From Revelation 7, we read verses 14b through 17. Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and He will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And we turn to our Gospel reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. At the time of the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem, It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them from my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is our shepherd, is a comforting shepherd thought, idea. When we think about it, we wonder, where would we be without our shepherd? Where would we be without the loving care, the provision and the guidance of the Lord who is our shepherd? God has been our shepherd in the past. God has carried us through the darkest valleys. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Jesus, as our shepherd, reminds us that we hear his voice. We are his sheep. We listen and we know him, and he promises to reach out to us, to lead us, to care for us, and to keep us. And when we follow him, we have eternal life that can never be snatched away. These metaphors, these allegories, these images about the Lord is our shepherd, affirm that the God who created us very much loves us, has given himself for us, and will throughout all time. These are comforting words, promises, and sentiments. This is what we want to hear, right right up until we start thinking a little bit about what we think we know about sheep. When we consider the intelligence, the intuition, the creativity that God has given us, some of us might take exception to this illustration. Because aren't sheep kind of dumb? Don't sheep do mindless things? I mean, look, sheep are good for sweaters and sweaters and food in fancy restaurants. If they live that long, but don't sheep just wander off and do their own thing? Chances are, like that parable, the sheep is just going to get lost in the woods forever. And so, when I was planning this sermon a while back, I thought this is going to be simple, this is going to be easy. I'll just talk about the silly, mindless decisions that sheep make without their shepherd. I would say sheep are not trainable like dogs. A sheep can't be taught to do a trick, to catch a frisbee, or to go retrieve fowl after it's been shot. Sheep aren't cunning and deceitful like cats, right? (laughs) I kid. But sheep are not the sharpest animals in the kingdom. Sheep need a shepherd. An animal that lacks intelligence needs a shepherd. But it turns out that I I was wrong. I was wrong. Sheep don't lack intelligence. They're not without intuition or creativity. And actually, you can learn a whole lot about how, she- how smart sheep are by typing into your search bar on your computer, sheep are dumb. There are plenty of sheep defenders out there. I thought such a, such a search would provide testimonials for um, sheep and how badly they needed a shepherd I thought it would be easy because I could talk about without God, we would do crazy, silly, dumb things. We would walk right off a cliff without realizing it. I thought I could talk about how sheep will run from anything. How they lack so much intuition that they'll just eat the dirt if the shepherd doesn't move them around the pasture. I planned to describe their lack of ability to think. And I figured their only virtues were what happens at the end of their life or that annual sort of shearing that happens. But as it turns out, such descriptions of sheep are short-sighted and mostly just wrong. An article from the Telegraph of England says this, New research has revealed that sheep are far more intelligent than they've been given credit for. Scientists at the University of Cambridge have found that, creatures, that the creatures have the brain power equal to rodents, and in some tests, even humans. The results suggest that sheep have relatively advanced learning capabilities, are adaptable, can map out their surroundings mentally, and may even be able to plan ahead. The findings may surprise any motorist who has been caught trying to follow a stray sheep down the road. This is from England, of course. And the animal's tendency to blindly follow the flock has led sheep to becoming enshrined in the English language as a description for unquestionably doing what others are doing. But that's it. Sheep don't lack intelligence, they simply prefer the flock or the herd. They can think, understand their surroundings, they can strategize, and they can even at times think creatively. Sheep can self-medicate and actually sometimes eat dirt because they need a nutrient that the grass was not providing. Sheep know the shepherd's voices. They learn who protects them. And sure, they get scared quickly, but wouldn't you escape a situation that seems dangerous? Don't you and I do that all the time? Seems reasonable enough. Sheep in lab tests have have performed on the level with humans and monkeys. And in one case, also from England, hungry sheep in the Yorkshire Mers of Great Britain taught themselves to roll eight feet across hoof proofed metal cattle grids to raid villagers' valleys' gardens. According to a witness, they lie down on their side, sometimes their back, and just roll over the grids until they're clear. I've seen them doing it, it's quite clever but they are a big nuisance to the villagers. Sheep are not without minds. They are God's creatures. They are individuals. They can think, they can reason, and they are of great value to us. Consider your wool suit. They also love a flock, and they thrive together. Is there anything wrong with any of that? If you really think about it, doesn't that actually make the confession, the Lord is my shepherd, even more powerful? 2 Timothy 1 we read, For God had, give, had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. In the Psalms we read, You created my inmost being, you knit me, you knit me, together in my mother's womb I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God has done all these things for us, and God is our shepherd. Which is to say, maybe, like sheep, probably like sheep, you and I are beautiful individuals, created uniquely by God, loved beautifully by God, and in many cases, are at our best when we're living both for the sake of one another and with one another. You see, though the world around us praises individual identities and expressions, and it frowns upon aspects of being in the herd or in the flock, like blindly following the crowd. In fact, the other day I was shopping for a Mother's Day card. I'm on the ball this year. And one side of the card had a bunch of stick figures jumping off a bridge, and the other one had a stick figure standing on the bridge, and it said, Thanks, Mom, on the inside. The lone individual is praising Mother's work, but outside of the peer pressure to do silly things, the, the herd, the flock, the tribe, the team is not a bad thing. It's a gift. We're a part of a flock. We're not alone. When God is our shepherd, we know who we follow together. And the power and the beauty of the herd or the flock or the community really comes to life when, like Paul describes in the body of Christ, we become a more fuller, more beautiful, more powerful, more significant expression of who God has created us to be when we don't do everything by ourselves. We have a group to carry us through and guide us. We don't constantly stand apart on our own, depending only on ourselves. And as a part of God's herd, God's flock, God's community, and dare I say, God's congregation, we are at our best when as God's children together, we are able to fully express all of what God has done through His people. Because we're a congregation that supports one another in our weaknesses. We protect each other for the deficiencies that each one of us all has. We watch out for one another's blind spots. Therefore, joining a flock, being a part of a congregation, engaging in life and fellowship with God's people, doesn't lessen our spirituality. It doesn't make us dumb. It makes us smart and even more whole. It doesn't make us less special. Rather, it frees us up to be the special person that God has created all of us to be. Being a part of the flock doesn't thwart our personal expressions or creativity. It frees us to be who we are with a herd who promises to love us no matter what and help us follow the shepherd whose primary concern is care for his sheep. I think being a sheep is probably a pretty good thing and I think we probably have a pretty good shepherd. Recently a religious blogger and apparently a sheep advocate wrote, when God utilized the sheep metaphor, he never used it to berate children for being dumb. He stressed by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that he is a loving shepherd who cares and protects his flock. And as God flocks, it's good to call ourselves his sheep because Sheep, like us, need fellowship and community. They can be independent, have their own personalities, like our congregation very much does. And they do offer great gifts, but they thrive under the guidance and protection of a shepherd. And a shepherd is one who lives, who live, whose life exists to provide and protect those under their care. The connotation of being under a shepherd is that we are under a shepherd together. We're all in this together. The Lord is my shepherd, not my sensei, not my life coach, not my guru, not my therapist. Though God can do all those things, the Lord is my shepherd. Those things connote individuals seeking understanding. The Lord is my shepherd because though I am unique, I am who I truly am at my best when I'm a part of a flock or a community under God's care. There's an idea in our world that the solitary individual must do everything for themselves in order to triumph, and our lives are at our best when we're doing it all on our own. But that's not who God created us to be. You can't field an entire baseball team by yourself. No company can work with a CEO alone. Schools are rarely run successfully by one person. And nowhere in the world do we see people at their absolute best without a little help from their friends. And so today, as people of faith who are on this journey, on this life, and on this faith together, may we affirm that the Lord is our shepherd. And as God's children, we gather as a congregation because the Lord promises to be with us, to provide shelter and strength and protection to us, and to lead us in the ways that we should go. And when it's time to move on to new pastures, the Lord will lead us there. When it's time to step out and step up, the Lord will nudge us. Our shepherd will help us along with his rod and his staff. And when we need protection, the shepherd stands in for us. When it's time to give ourselves to one another, rest assured that the shepherd is with us each step of the way. The Lord is our shepherd, and it does not mean that we are dumb sheep completely reliant on God for our every gift and every move. Rather, It means that God has created us beautifully and wonderfully, given us to one another, and we're all in this together. We share life with one another as much as we can because the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd, and that should be a comforting thing. That's why I love this church, and that's why I think I hope you love it as well. We feel care and blessing and support because the work of God is alive here supporting us when we're a part of His flock. You say the Lord is your shepherd when you're here. Is that true all the time? I hope so. And maybe you need to say the Lord is my shepherd and join a flock. And if that's true for you today, then I welcome you. We'd love to have you as a part of this flock because we're better as a flock. And if left to our own devices, we might just wander off on our own. The Lord is our shepherd, and for that we give that great thanks. Will you pray with me? Loving and gracious God, we thank you for being our shepherd, for guiding us as your sheep, for protecting us when we need it, for caring for us, and for allowing our lives to be part of many good works that you have and that you do in this world. We thank you for being our shepherd and we pray that in this day and for each day ahead, we would commit to being sheep who follow your voice, who not only seek your protection, but but follow your lead well. Carry us forward and carry this flock of Oxford Baptist Church to the places you need us to go. You have blessed us with so many beautiful individuals and so many gifts. And we pray that we would be a flock that serves your kingdom well and that experiences your love and care greatly. Lord, you are our shepherd, and it is in your name we pray. Amen.